Welcome to City Church. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church, encouraging everyone to follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. We're excited to share this sermon with you today, and you can always find out more about us online at citychurchseville.com. Good morning. Stand with me. This then is how you should pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in Charlottesville as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Turn, give your neighbor a high five, hug, handshake, fist bump, greet one another. Take a few moments to get to know someone new. And please remain standing. Go ahead, please remain standing. Keep greeting one another. Say hello. And while you're standing, if you could grab a hold, don't open it, but grab a hold of your communion cup. If you were not served when you came in, please raise your hand. We have servers up front. They're going to be walking down through the sanctuary to serve you. So again, just wave at them as they go by. They're right up front here moving down through the aisles. Thank you, Wade and Gabe. And for those of you who are online worshiping with us, if you wanted to go ahead and prepare for communion now, that would be great. Last Sunday, my son preached a sermon to begin our sermon series that's entitled Kingdom and Cross. And really what this whole sermon series is going to be about is what does the cross have to say about the kingdom of God and what does that mean to us? And so what I would like for you to do, again, please don't open it, but just hold the cup up before the Lord. And I'm going to read for us the most common of all the passages that are read for the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And then Paul writes, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes It's interesting to note in that passage of Scripture that we just read, we are told to remember the Lord's death. We're going to do that together before we partake. You may be seated. In the story that we just read, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 says this, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, 
he took bread. Can you imagine what the mood was like in the room? I don't know if you were like I am. Maybe it happened when you were a little kid. Maybe it happened recently where you went to someone's house. You were invited for a meal. And when you came in, you could feel an awkward tension in the room. Have any of you ever walked in on something like that? How many of you had that breakfast with someone in your family this morning? <laughs> it's where you walk into a space, and when you go in there, it just feels awkward. You're not really sure why, but it feels off balance, feels weird. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, the text tells us the following thing. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and he broke it. The word betray in Greek is the word paradidomai. Para means close and beside and didomai to give. That word literally means to deliver over with a sense of close personal involvement. Can you imagine the feeling in that room? There they are in the room. They're having this meal together. And then out of nowhere, Jesus says, one of you will betray me. It's before he broke the bread or drank the cup with them. All of us know, most of us would know that the one that betrays him is Judas. Judas Iscariot. As a matter of fact, this is where the betrayal begins at this meal, but then completes probably six hours later in the Garden of Gethsemane when Judas comes back and brings the henchmen from the high priest household to arrest Jesus. And Jesus looks at him and says, Do you betray me, paradidomai, with a kiss? Can you imagine they were so close that Jesus probably leaned in? That's how together they were. And Judas kissed him. But never forget the other thing. That when Jesus announces that one of you will betray you, betray me, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all say that every disciple thought it was them. Da Vinci's painting captures that moment. We're told that Da Vinci paints that moment where all the disciples are looking at each other and at Jesus saying, is it me? Is it I? They all thought it could have been them. You imagine the mood in the room. You're probably different than I am, but if I were Jesus the next thing I would have done was headbutt someone. But here's what the text said he does. It is absolutely shocking what he does. The next thing is verse 24. And when he had given thanks. Wow. To give thanks is the Greek word Eucharisto. It's a verb that combines you with charis, good grace. 
It's literally why this meal is called Eucharist. Because Jesus Eucharized. In the Greek, he Eucharisted. He gave thanks. And then he broke the bread. Again, I wouldn't have done that. That would have never entered my head. But thank God for Jesus. And then the next thing Jesus does, the text says, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five, Jesus says the following, eat this bread and drink this cup in remembrance of me. Just this past week, I ended up eating two things. They reminded me of someone. The first one was ginger. How many of you like ginger? How many of you can't stand ginger? The other thing I ate was raw sauerkraut. How many of you like this? How many of you can't stand it? Amen. By the way, both of these in my life are what's called an acquired taste. They're acquired. You want to know why? My dad loved both of these. He was German. He loved sauerkraut. And he loved ginger. By the way, I cheat. I buy the candied caramelized ginger. <laughs> Little sugar always helps. But my dad loved both of these. And I remember as a kid, I couldn't stand either one of them. They became an acquired taste. So this week, around Monday, my stomach went sideways. I'll spare you the details. We were away, my wife and I, when we got home, I went out and bought sauerkraut because I knew this was here because I know that raw sauerkraut's good for the gut. And my dad always said ginger would settle the gut. So I ate them. And it was something I ate that made me remember him. Well, Jesus said, when you break this bread and you drink this cup, remember me. Trust me, it's not the food. There's nothing delicious about this wafer that I'm not even really sure is bread. I think it's styrofoam. The shelf life on it is 2058 or something like that. But the idea here is when Jesus says, eat this bread, drink this cup, and remember me, it's not the food at all. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is something very different. You see, when he holds this up, he says, the bread is my body and the cup is my blood. So maybe what Jesus meant was when you think about Jesus... When you remember him, don't just always remember the good stuff. Don't just always remember the healings that he did. Don't just always remember that broken people found hope. Don't just remember that the hurting found peace. Don't just remember that the diseased were healed and the demon-possessed were exercised. Don't just remember how Jesus honored and included the women and the children and the weak and the poor and the rich and the powerful, how Jesus included everyone. Don't just remember that. 
Don't just remember that the blind see and the deaf hear and the lame walk and that the good news was preached to the poor. Don't just remember the good stuff. Also remember his broken body and his shed blood. Or maybe he meant the following. That when you eat the bread and drink the cup, remember his life, but always do that by observing it through his death. Or maybe what he meant was, when you eat this bread and drink this cup, it's like a little mountain of faith that you stand on and you look into, instead of the past, you look into the future to the resurrection and the culmination of all things. Jesus said, when you eat it, remember me. But you see, after that quotation, the Apostle Paul gives us the following commentary, which tells us exactly what Jesus meant. Paul writes, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's what? Death until he comes. You see, the point of the bread and the cup is to think of his death. That's why we do this. Now, here's what I know. Humanity doesn't like to think about death. My wife here at City has overseen what's called grief share. She has walked with probably between 100 and 200 people through their grief. And what anyone knows that knows anything about grief is, is that if you don't square up to it and face it and walk into it, it will eat your lunch. It does not go away over time. It will be subterranean, and then it will go up periscope and wreak havoc on your life. And it's interesting to note that Jesus obviously knew this. That when we think about his life, we're not going to want to think about his death. We're going to want to think about all the good stuff. And he says, oh, no, 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 no. When you gather together and you eat the bread and drink the cup, I want you to think honestly about my death. I want you to sit there and think about it. Otherwise, we would always avoid it. When you think about Jesus' death, Here's what we know. Ancient theologians and modern-day thinkers alike will tell you this. That the death of Jesus is a story that amazingly gathers in all of our fears and all of the worst moments of human life. Somehow the story in the Gospels of the death of Jesus literally reaches into humanity and gathers all of them and brings them in. Let me share with you a few that came to mind. We already began with this. On the night Jesus was betrayed, someone who was close enough to him to kiss him and he would have leaned in, betrayed him. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, and he broke it and said, this is my body. Have you ever been betrayed? If you haven't, 
I'm shocked. Not only was Jesus betrayed by some people that were absolutely close to him, and it set the mood for the first Lord's Supper, but he was also betrayed by those in authority in the political, religious, and judicial system. They betrayed him. Those entities that were there supposedly to protect him put him to death. And one of the reasons why is there were people in there in authority like Pilate. You see, Pilate didn't believe in truth. He simply went with the crowd. He just would go with the crowd. And what's interesting to note is everyone knew Jesus was completely innocent. Everyone knew it. The high priests knew it. Some of the religious establishment that turned on him, they all knew it. Pilate knew it. Herod knew it. And even the thieves on the cross knew it. Everyone knew it. You see, the idea here is, is Jesus was completely innocent. He didn't deserve any of this. And to pour salt into the wound, a murdering insurrectionist, a terrorist by the name of Barabbas was let go instead of him. That's just the preamble to the cross. Now when we think about his death, we think about the cross itself. The cross is a slow, horrible death. It involves pain and thirst and nakedness and public humiliation. What makes it even more difficult is Jesus knew it was going to happen. He most likely knew it his whole life. What else makes it worse is he's young. You see, the death of Jesus and the cross of Jesus, it's about tyranny, injustice, torture, and of course, death. That's what it's about. Now, when we think about the bread and we think about the cup, Jesus said, I want you to remember me. And Paul says, it's his death you're to remember. So how do we put feet to our faith with this message? We begin here. Jesus said, this is my body which is for who? It's for you. Jesus broke the bread. He handed out the cup and said, this is my body, this is my blood, it is for you. Have you ever ended up somewhere that you didn't belong? There have been several times in my ministry calling where I've been invited to sit at tables I've been invited to be part of things and I know what it's like to sit there and I've been invited by someone and while I'm there, I think to myself very humbly with gratitude in my heart, what in the world am I doing here? 
You know what you do in those moments? You fake it till you make it. But why are you sitting there? You're sitting there because someone saw something in you and said, I want you to be a part of this. By the way, that's what makes life what it is. Is someone invites you to come and to sit at a table, maybe it's the table of friendship, maybe it's literally in a position that you know you're not qualified, but someone sees something in you and says, come and sit here. This is for you. My entire calling was catapulted ministerially because of that. And I used to sit there at those tables and I'd think, what in the world am I doing here? But thank you, Jesus, that I'm here. You see, this meal is exactly that. This meal is all about this. That Jesus has looked at you and everyone here and said, this is my body, which is for you. And the reason why he had to say that is no one would believe it was for them unless he told you so. Here's why. Because on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took this bread and he broke it and said, this is my body and it's for you. Because what we know in the textual story is that everyone sitting there betrayed him. And just so you know, so have I. I betrayed him too. And it's because of that I would convince myself I don't belong there. If the people in this room only knew where I've been and what I've done, you wouldn't let me come to this table. But Jesus, instead of heading, headbutting anyone, he gave thanks. And he broke it and said, This, it's for you. Don't ever think for a moment it's not for you. Because it is. It's why he came, it's why he died. And the next thing he said was, do this in remembrance of me. Would you stand with me as we take the Lord's Supper together? If you would take out the bread... Take just a moment and hold the bread up before the Lord. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, when he Eucharized, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. You can't earn it. 
you don't deserve it. You're not good enough to have a seat at the table. He chooses to give it to you. Our job is to take it and to eat it and to remember his death. Let's eat together. Hold the cup up before the Lord. In the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take just a moment to close our eyes but open our hearts in God's presence. Jesus, thank you for what you have done for us. Thank you that you have invited us again to eat the bread and to drink the cup. We remember your death. Amen.